Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to KBN Live. We got Ryan in a dark room, dressed nice, ready ready for live. How you doing today? Ryan? Yeah, boy. Don't be scared. We're good. Don't be scared. All right. Hey, first, before we get into this, uh, hope everybody had a great Monday. and want to say congrats to Ryan for his top 10 finish. So way to go, man. That was a tiny baby miracle on that one. Tiny baby miracle. We thought you were going to win it. You made a run at it, dude. We thought you were going to pull who it off. Thought, who was we? I, I, I didn't think I was going to get there on day two, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in the running for it, and we know you have a... Uh, tendency to pull off the dramatic so we thought you might do a little something i told i told ed when i was going to but in reality i i had to fish way too hard on day one <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know if i had the big bites left uh i had i had a couple of them but not not enough to get a hook in them sadly i was a little brain fogged uh there on day two i got you well, as everybody probably saw on the announcement photo we added a guest late we got two vu then we got ewing minor uh the runner up and the champ from bos broken bow we're going to give our thoughts on broken bow before we get them in here and as always we like to recap the week that was or the weekend that was i should say there's a couple other events besides uh the bos event that went down so we want to talk about those first but uh overall first i just want to get ryan's impression of broken bow it's your first time there um you didn't know really what to expect i don't think so what do you think of the, it, the setup there in Hoshatown on the res it was uh, on the res, baby. Uh, I survived that. Um, I thought I was going to get to practice. I, I had the old the motor juiced up. I thought I was going to get to run all over the lake on Friday. Uh, my job is great, and I love it, and I get to work remote a lot. There's not a lot of cell phone reception on Broken Bow, so I did not get to practice the way I thought I was going to on my Friday office day. Uh, I ended up just going in blind on the tournament. Uh, I knew it was deep and rocky, so I figured a Ned rig would probably play well uh, as far as numbers goes. My plan was just to cover water. I covered about 16 and a half miles a day. Um, th that part worked out. I mean, that, that part went about like I thought it was going to. Um, I love the lake. It's beautiful. Uh, Hochatown is different. It's kind of, it's, it reminds me like a baby pigeon forge. Everything's getting real commercialized and stuff and prices are uh, pretty through the roof. That, access to the lake is what threw me for a loop there's not a whole lot of places to put in so that was uh between that and the cell phone service it it did make a lot of uh logistics play in on the tournament i feel like yeah there's some more out legs i bet because some people try to get away they had to cover some cover some miles i talked to some guys that stayed in my house uh at the airbnb shout out to them roy grubb and shauna cord both stayed in my house both finished top 10 and then uh shout out yeah. to 
one of our local guys who came in third place again. He was third place last year at Broken Bow, Justin Brewer, back in the TOC again. So good job, Justin Brewer from Northwest Arkansas. Boy, right there, he's he's right in his home spot, huh? Yeah, yeah, my man. He's uh, feeling right at home. But, you know, uh, Broken Bow sets up a lot like the lakes we fish up here, Beaver Lake, Table Rock, those kind of lakes, you know, deep, clear rocks. And Justin's just a really, really good fisherman anyway, so it uh, makes sense he finished up there high. So, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, day one, it, in practice and then leading up to day one, Everybody was catching fish. Everybody you talked to, like the dock talk at a restaurant or when you were loading up, everybody was catching them in a bunch of different ways. The fish were everywhere, but the lake was steady dropping. And I think that affected some people more than others. I don't know. Uh, but after day one, if you if you just had a limit, you were within shouting distance of getting up there and getting a check, weren't you, Ryan? Everything was tight. I mean, really, all the way down to top 25, really. I mean, there was plenty of opportunity to make moves on that, which was – the crazy thing is is there's not a lot of big fish on that lake. Um, I mean, there may be. They weren't anywhere anybody was fishing, I guess. But uh, there, there wasn't like some crazy deficit. You know, if, if you showed up and really kind of duplicated your day one, you were in, in pretty good shape out of the top 25. Yeah, the biggest limit of the event was only, I say only, it was 89 and a half inches. And then there were 80 inches. I mean, to be in 50th place, you had to have 80 inches. So it was really, really, really stacked up. Uh, on the leaderboard after day one. Crazy. Uh, some other events went down over the weekend before we get the top two in here to talk about the event. The uh, All-American Series had a, had an event this weekend. Uh, Bob Baylor called in on the Collins show and told us about it. <laughs> Okaboji, I think they call that lake. And those Bob, guys did good. Bob's, Bob said he got clapped. He said uh, propel drive busted in the first minute of the tournament. Well, we could have uh, I'll you send you that. a link if you need a Hobie Pro Angler, Bob. All right. Uh, Jeremy Brandis from Iowa put up 182 and a half to win that one. So good job, Jeremy Brandis. Uh, Joey Vano, who has shifted his focus from the BOS to the All-American Series, had a good day too. He finished ninth. People may be familiar with him. And I don't know what they caught up there, if they caught smallmouth, largemouth, or what. Let me see if I can find some picks. Looks like a mixed bag of stuff. So good stuff up there on the All-American Series. Uh, there was also a KBF event over the weekend. I want to touch on this for a minute because it's kind of funny to me. So uh, every, every KBF or actually every tournament event period, whether it's KBF, BOS, all American bass, whatever, everybody that posts afterwards, their write up always says I finished 10th out of 175 or whatever it is, 10th out of 52. And they give you the breakdown of how they did it or they beat this many people. Well, this one, nobody did that. And and now I know why, because I went and looked at the, at the numbers. And, and I'm going to give him a little hell. Uh, Fluke Master Gene Jensen is a hell of an angler. Can't take that away from him. Really big on YouTube. But my man posted he had a life-changing or season-changing victory with this event, winning the Pro Series, and didn't mention that he beat seven dudes. So he, congrats on winning the eight is what we're going to call that. Or is that I just want to be clear. This is Jeff Malott speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Don't nobody yeah, yeah. call and try to throw no damn heat on me for this. I have stayed away from the fire, uh, but you are correct. That was uh, it was a very select field. I think that's actually where the seventeen people we needed to fill out the yes, they went there. registry where they just went to to Laurel Creek, Kentucky, or whatever. And, and we always say it on here: it's hard to win any tournament. But uh, whether it's five people or 100 people, it's hard to win any tournament. You still got to catch them. So he did catch them. He did win the tournament. But it was kind of funny how the, the numbers didn't show up on the, on the uh, 
flex post after the fact. So winning anyway, is well winning, there. Jeff, whether it's that's by right. a quarter winning inch or a mile. That's yes. right. That's right. I, I can't say nothing. One. I was back home again on Saturday night, so I ain't gonna say nothing. Um, that's right. Um, anything else over the weekend? I can't think of anything else. Do, do we know about the Broken Bow event? Was that a, like some kind of record for fish caught? Because it was almost two thousand fish caught in two days. So I, how many? Uh, wasn't Dardanelle the record holder last year? Yeah. Am I? I could be wrong. Uh, we probably should have consulted with AJ the Juice Man uh, uh, on this before. Uh, I would think so. I mean, that was a hell of a lot of fish they threw up. I, Dardanelle didn't – I don't think Dardanelle put up more than that. We'll go back. We'll go back while we're talking here and look. Yeah, it had a, it had 1,192, so it blew that away. Yeah, that's uh, what I, I mean. Yeah. As far as the numbers of fish, I couldn't – it was almost unbelievable. Uh, I, I caught – and I wish I did on day two. I caught probably 60 fish on day one. It was, I mean, stupid. They weren't big fish. But they were a lot of fish. That's always fun, you yeah. know. You getting your you getting your line running around out there. You having a good time. Yeah, good stuff. Well, with all that said, man, and oh, somebody in the comments said Queen City had 148. So Queen City's always turning out their numbers. So good job, Queen City. Uh, let's good get job. these two guys in here, man. I know they're beat. Let's Edwin drove all the way home. Two's an Oklahoma guy, so he's he's back home easily. But we'll get them in here and and talk to them about their their event. We get my background changed and we'll pull them in. Boom, boom. There we go. Hey. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Minor, Prince Edwin and Tuvu. One and two in here. <laughs> Prince Edwin flexing, boy. He got that wallpaper up, son. I had to have Jackson's <laughs> big bass back here. Yeah, you're going to need some help to fill it out, but you got that, you know? Good, good job. Good job. I'm glad you've been kayak fishing for eight months now. So those are solid, solid amount of checks you got. Yeah, looking like Drew Gregory over there in the corner. But yeah, let, let's get to uh, let's get to the tournament, man, or actually to the to the week that was. Let's talk to uh, we'll talk to the champ first. When did you get down there, uh, Ewing? Got down there on Wednesday night. All right. So tell us what you found, and how practice went. Yeah, I came into the tournament. I wanted to fish deep. Uh, I just figured with that few launches that it'd be so crowded that I thought the shallow fishing would be gone, you know, within the first couple of hours of the first day. But once I got down there, I realized there's no telling how it was going to get won. No matter what you did, you were catching fish. It, they might've not been, but 14 to 15 inches, but there were tons of fish. They were all biting and I decided that offshore would have just been my best bet at finding fish that weren't as pressured. And two, yeah. you're an Oklahoma you're guy. Not... So what, what did you find and it, how familiar are you with that lake? First of all, being from Oklahoma. Um, so I've been to the lake a couple of times. I fished it last year as well. And then they used to have like a kayak classic over there as well for a charity. So I've been to there maybe five times now. So I'm not too familiar because I always, you know, like like everyone's saying, there's limited ramps, so you're always fishing the same place. So not too familiar, but I just ran my same pattern every time I go there. So tell us, you say not fishing the same place. Had you fished the the area that you were in for both days? Because you, you pretty much you know, stayed on top all the way through until Ewing pulled his little live scope magic shit out. But you <laughs> stayed on top, I mean, all all of day one and day two. 
Yeah, I, I pretty much fished the same spot. Um, you know, I, I kind of started off late, too, on the first day. So I got to the boat ramp, and my brother, he forgot his battery. So we had to run all the way back to the cabin. And then by the time we got back to the ramp, everybody already launched, and it's almost lines in time. So I started off real close to, like, the launch point, and surprisingly not a whole lot of people was around that point. So, and I honestly, I just caught all my fish there. So early in the morning. So where did you, did you launch out of Carson Creek? Yeah, I did. The main ramp with the big cluster, apparently, that was over there? I didn't launch Yeah, there, yeah. I launched there, and all you can see is everybody just heading up north. So, were were you in the car? Were you driving a car, a sedan, pulling a trailer? Was that you? Yes, that was me. The the I court. thought that was you. You had them bright ass headlights. I pulled in there <laughs> just trying to wake up, and I was like, "Golly, dang! What is that on the boat <laughs> ramp?" So, yeah, I saw you. Yeah. So you and you launched there too. How did you I'll find your fit? Yeah. Oh no, we all three were at the same ramp. Ah. So that's what I want to figure out is like, you know, you stayed pretty close to the ramp too. And Ewing, tell us what you did. Like, how did you end up stumbling upon uh, kind of the stuff that you rode for two days there? I just looked during, you know, the week before the tournament. <clears throat> before the tournament, I just looked at at a map of the lake, and I found something that would be like I would in any other kayak tournament, just a lot of stuff to fish within a smaller area when it be dense. So I don't have to spend as much time pedaling between each spot. And that was the, you know, spot that the area, it was probably about a mile square. It was full of humps, points, uh, transitions. And I just decided that area would be a good place to focus and just cycle through everything that it had to offer and went there on the first day of practice and I caught a couple nice fish and ended up there on day one. And did the what scope was your play? initial plan going to be? I don't want to get in the spoiler alert section of this. Yet. One. <laughs> um, well, I went to the, on my second day of practice, I went to the, whatever the Creek is all the way about down by the dam. I fished the Marina since it's the only one, there's lots of spotted bass in it, but nothing big, at least that I found. And then I ended up at where the um, the intake for the dam is. And there was, the lake was high. They were dropping it close to a foot a day, it seemed like. And the water was just ripping into that intake. I threw a top water over there and in four cast, I had four fish and I, you know, decided it's a little bit of a gray area to be sitting against a buoy line, casting over it. Uh, asked the tournament director, and he he said that they were just going to make that one off limits. Broke, so that broke your heart. Broke my heart. <laughs> were they good fish, Edwin? I mean, they were about like everywhere else, but I figured I could just catch more there than anywhere else. So I was going to play the numbers game. I feel like that's all this tournament was with a numbers game. I don't think I don't think anybody was just betting on, you know, five big bites all day. It seemed like you had to catch you had to catch twenty or thirty to to have a shot at it. But I did have my nineteen and a half on day one, my eighteen and eighteen and a half on day two. They all came off of the, the same exact spot. So if someone 
could have found five or six places like that, you know, they might have been able to put up close to, you know, a little closer to 90 inches a day or above it. I think I think Roy Grubb, I'm pretty confident that he pulled a, a 18 plus off that same that same exact spot, if I'm not mistaken. There was, there was someone in the old town doing <laughs> doing laps around it. That was Roy. That was Roy. <laughs> Guaranteed. And before we get back to two, Ryan, tell that there was a hilarious story Roy told me about you chasing <laughs> chasing him down. He didn't know who that was on uh, day one, trying to get to his to his juice. Tell that story. So I, I we all launched. There's what I don't know, fifteen, twenty people at that that launch. I mean, it, it was a, a fair amount of kayaks uh, for the tournament. I felt like, and I said, you know, everybody takes off. Well, there's only three of us going in in one particular direction. And I always, you know, I'm playing on my phone and shit when I'm pedaling around. People, uh, for some reason, in people's tiny brains, they think I'm like playing on social media while I'm actually fishing. It's when I'm moving from spot to spot. So anyhow, I'm playing on my phone. I see this guy, I see a picture come up on my feed or whatever. And it's Roy Grubb. And he's like, in this big water, putting some distance on the field or some shit. And I'll, I could see his phone glowing in his hand up in front of me. I was like, I know that's him. So I ran him down in the PA. And I'm like sweating, ready to throw up. I'm like, this is stupid <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and I get up there talking to him. And then I take a selfie. And I was like, I just want to take this picture so I can show that I was putting some distance on that big water <laughs> in the front <laughs> So he swore that you were after his juice. Like, like he thought you were trying to get to his spot. And then afterward, after he realized it was you and that you were just messing with him, he was like, that's son. Actually, he's had some other words to say. I won't say yeah. them here, but it was, it was hilarious, man. Straight funny stuff. I, I added about another half a mile onto my pedal, but for me, that was worth it. That was, that was worth its weight in gold. <laughs> uh, so guys like Roy, Ryan, a few other guys in the field really covered, you know, 15, 16 miles or more trying to get to their spots. Two, you fished by the ramp. Did you end up moving that much further away, or did you cover many miles during the tournament? So the first day, I kind of didn't want to burn it all out, right? <clears throat> so I did eventually make my way out and pedal a couple miles out to the islands and try to fish, you know, my spots from pre-fishing and try to see if I could find a bigger bite to kind of cull out my 16 because I was in the OKA tournament as well, so... You know, I, I wanted to get as much inches as I can without burning my spots off. So I did try to go cover new water, try and find bigger fish, but uh, just couldn't find them. So, and I was just fishing by behind everybody. So I, I think it was all burnt out by the time I got there. So how far, I, I, this is my favorite part. How far, I covered 16 and a half miles out of that ramp. How far were you from the ramp on day two? On day two, oh, yeah. maybe 400 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Field says you were 200 yards. He's like, because I've done, I pedal myself uh, to death. I didn't think I was going to get back to the ramp on day two. And Steve yeah. Field's like, well, the guy that was leading all day is 200 yards from the ramp. And I was like, of course, of course he is. That makes that makes me <laughs> stupid. Damn. Let's now, learn. Ewing, what about you? How many miles you cover? You think? Um, I'd say. During day one, I probably ended up at furthest about five miles away, but most of my fishing was two and a half to three miles from the ramp. I'd, around that, I'm not sure. It's It wasn't too bad. I'd get there about 15 minutes before first cast with the 45-minute window they gave us to get there. And I am 
I'm glad that they did that, especially – that's one of my favorite things about Hobie's adjustment process on these tournaments. You know, like Toledo Bend, we had a later launch. That was helpful. This giving people more time because there's limited ramps, more time to actually get to their to their area before, you know, first cast. I know some people weren't happy about it, but I, I like the fact that they kind of take into account what the conditions are in the tournament to, to try to give us the best – advantage to really putting together a, a good showing why would why would people not be happy about that i don't, I don't understand that because they didn't announce it far enough in advance on pre-fishers i don't know i don't know man you know like you could give them a hundred dollars and somebody's gonna be like damn i wish i had known i got a hundred dollars i wouldn't have ate crystals last night or something like there's <laughs> always somebody's always got something to complain about mm -hmm. all the time yeah i thought that was a huge huge deal that they made that move uh although i'll tell you this for for myself which means nothing because i finished in the hundreds uh i did what two did i didn't go far from the ramp i went around behind the marina and i was the only person that did that but now there's a good reason for that because uh as somebody else said there's is that there's the same about. place edwin was talking that same marina edwin was talking about yeah it's the only marina maybe was it yeah yeah but in pre-fishing okay, I, no, I had some good right. so yeah, i had some good bites back edwin, there you know he would have told you it was just spotted man well, I pre-fished back there, and I actually I saw some larger fish, hooked a big fish with a jig on tournament day, but lost it. But anyway, no one wants to hear about my BS uh, finish. Uh, <laughs> anyway, back back to these two I guys. Do. I want to know, like we hear we hear how to be successful. I want to know what the opposite end of the spectrum is like. Well, I mean, I caught plenty of fish. I just couldn't uh, cull two little fish that I had uh, just at the end of the day. But even then with my little limit, I was still within shouting distance of, of making a move day two, except I wasn't there on day two, but we'll save that story for another day. Um, anyway, uh, back to, back to Edwin, man, you day two, you were in second or day one, you were in second place. Tell us how that, how the day played out. How, how did, how'd your day start and how to play out, uh, trying to run down the leader. One? Yeah. Day one. So day one, I started out <clears throat> fishing a, pretty large hump and I was just going around looking on live scope for irregularities in the bottom rocks, uh, grass, just a little, maybe a little drop off or anything that might be able to hold a fish cause they were sucked really close to the bottom. And I was just pitching a drop shot out to, there to them. And like third cast, I put a 17 and a quarter in the boat and I put a couple more decent fish and ended up losing a small mouth that was probably close to 20 inches. Uh, it would have been my third fish, but that one at the end of day two, I was, I was sitting there thinking that might've been the, the winning fish that I lost, but um, turned out I didn't, didn't need it, but it was, it was a little too close for comfort. But I caught fish steady all day. Didn't really call midday. Late in the day, some bigger fish started biting, and I made a made a couple key calls. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I've ever seen a there. leaderboard where fifty fifth place had eighty inches. I mean, the, the way this, like you said, uh, Ewing, kept that twenty you lost every quarter inch counted in this thing because it was so so tight. Uh, it turned out, you know, worked out okay. But what did you guys think when you saw the leaderboard at the end of day one and it being stacked like that? Is that what you expected to see? I expected to see that. Um, didn't think it would be to that extent where 80 inches was 50th place, but I expected, you know, most people to have a limit 
a lot of people. I was expecting more limits in the 70 to 75, 76 range instead of the all of those 80-inch limits. But, you know, the lake really showed out lots of fish being caught. Yeah. Uh, having some trouble with Ryan. Ryan, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I hear you great. Okay. You were froze up there for a minute on my end, so I was making sure you were you were straight. So yeah, man. Good. And two, you fished this before. Is this pretty typical uh, performance for the lake? I mean, is this about what you see in the, the local club events? Um, yeah, <clears throat> a little bit. I Most of the time, you'll do really good in the high 80s. So like you said, there are big fish in here. It's just you don't run into them very often. So if you got one big fish, then you got a really good kicker. Where are the big fish? Where do they live in this lake? Because I couldn't find any of them. Typically, I would hear that people will catch them down deeper. Last year, when I was there, it was early March, and I caught my 22 down in 40 feet of water. So, yeah, they are pretty deep down there. I can't even swim in 40 feet of water, I don't think. That's <laughs> terrible. You know, I'm sitting there looking at that leaderboard, and and everybody's you know look at uh, Ewing five plus five, Luke five plus one, five plus seven, you know, plenty of calls. And then I look up there at the top, and I see your limit too on day one. There's just a number five right there. So you caught your five, and that and no calls all day, huh? Yeah, it it was a struggle in the afternoon for me actually. I caught my big my five biggest fish early in the morning. I think by seven thirty, I caught all those fish. And ever since 7.30, I cannot find a cold fish for a 16 and three quarters. Wow. Were you, were you fishing on top? Uh, on top? Like, you, you mean like the top water and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. So That's early fine. in the morning, I caught <laughs> That's, fish on top That water. explains it. <laughs> yeah. So, and you said, did you say you were on a shad spawn? Was that you that was saying yeah um okay. not really but you you'll once in a while you'll see like a blow up uh up shallow so it kind of played out the way i wanted to I, I wanted her to go out there and just cover some water and throw top water but this this area just produced all the fish i needed so i didn't really want to burn everything out on that first day because it was just like a few casts in and i had 17s and 18s already and now i had 80, I would say like about 80, 84 inches within the 30 minutes. And then, you know, 7.30 comes and I catch that smallmouth and that puts me at 88 already. So, and I just didn't want to burn everything out. So I just left. Do you regret that decision at all after seeing how things played out? Uh, no, not too much. Not on the first day at least. But the second day, I, I had a little uh unfortunate event my battery died so i couldn't fish offshore the way i wanted to who's whose identifier is f you that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh, that, that was for, uh, okay a <laughs> oh boy is that luke wild. arian that luke arian came up with that idea 100%. yeah wild on the res, you blame him for that <laughs> he said f you because ain't nobody gonna catch a 22 in that whole tournament that's what <laughs> Looking at these fish, they were all definitely post-spawn. I mean, long and skinny. Wow. Boy, out there in them Nike slides, too, keeping it keeping it real, real. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever okay. seen one fishing in slides. I, uh, <laughs> only in Oklahoma, son. 
<laughs> get, get right or get left. That's what I'm saying. So, Edwin, tell us, and I got the phone call from you after it happened. Uh, what happened on day two? How did you how did you adjust? And, and you didn't start out. I mean, you weren't on fire on day two. I was honestly, I was worried about if you were going to put together a limit. Um, and you ended up not only putting together a limit, but figuring out some kind of voodoo and uh, and culling up in a way I've, I don't think I've ever heard of, especially tournament fishing. Well, um, day two started out, I, the couldn't have gone much worse. I started on my first spot where I had caught four and should have had five on day one, didn't get a bite, went and fished three or four other points, still didn't have a bite, and ended up going – I caught a couple on one point and then went up shallow and filled out my limit just to get my, my nerves settled down. And I went around, made a, you know, a couple very small calls, nothing much. I was still in the mid seventies range for the day. And there was, there was the one Island that, uh, I guess, what was his name that was fishing it? Roy. Roy. Yeah. So Roy was fishing it. Uh, there were bushes up on top and I guess he had caught a 18 inch smallmouth from what we have put together. He'd caught an 18 inch smallmouth out of those bushes on day one. So I couldn't get, that was my spot where I caught the 19 and a half on day one, never got into it on over there in the morning. There weren't a whole lot of fish during practice or the first day on that spot. And I was hoping that I could pull up, maybe catch a big one or two and keep moving on. But when it was finally open, I showed up. There was probably like six inches of water on the bushes since it had dropped so much. And I panned live scope over. And there's a bunch of schools of crappy just everywhere on that lake, suspended on every single point. And I looked, and I just knew that, that there was just a ball of fish suspended. It was like probably 40 to 60 of them and they just looked a little bit too big to be crappy and i fished for like 10 minutes throwing you know swim baits spoon uh just a couple you know some typical stuff to catch suspending fish i threw a jerk bait in there didn't catch any and then i finally just it's something that i've done here around in east tennessee uh I took my drop shot and I pitched out there on live scope and just closed my bail and let it swing through them right back to me with a really light weight. And first time I did that, got bit, caught one, and it was every cast I was catching one for, I don't know, it felt like an hour, but it was probably realistically 30 to 40 minutes. But <laughs> I crushed them there. I was I'd catch one, throw it on the board, toss it back, throw another one on the board. Just, and I caught an 18 and an 18 and a half. And then one other call, I forget, it was like a 16 and three quarter. Um, but I caught all of those, those three fish right there. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I didn't have any service to get my fish submitted. I don't know why, but later in the day I'd have the same service but i couldn't get stuff submitted i guess it's where where all the um the tourists were getting up and moving in in the town but 
taking up all of our service. So I couldn't get my fish to upload. Didn't want to take the time to add everything up. Well, I was going, it was, you know, closer to 130 or 140. I'm going to try to find service to get my fish submitted. Because if not, it's like with these fish, I'll get a good check, get out of here. If I couldn't find service, I was just going to leave loaded up. But I ran into someone and he asked if I was having trouble uh, getting my fish uploaded. And he had AT&T, which apparently was. Yeah, almost that's, it. that's it out there. If you had, if you didn't have Verizon, he let me use his hotspot. And when I uploaded the fish, the the leaderboard was down. But I saw, you know, in the managed catch on, on Tourney X, I saw 175 inches. And I didn't remember what it was, but I saw at the top of the leaderboard 174 something. Um, I still thought I needed another big bite. I fished till the last minute. It never, never happened. I had a good smallmouth roll on a mag draft near the boat when the wind picked up. But, you know, after that flurry, it was slow like the like the rest of the day was for me. How? What were you sitting at when you hit that flurry? Do you know what your total was then? It was just a guesstimate. Didn't have to be accurate. It was not shit, is what it was, because I was like, "Boy, done dropped all the way out of check range here," and I was upset. I talked trash to him, but I don't ever want to see him fall on his face. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, Edwin done dropped all the way out of check range." And then he called, and he's like, "I think I won this thing." And I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude? Like you, <laughs> you ain't you ain't won seventeenth place." <laughs> so you literally now, called every fish in your limit. Is that right? No, I just called three of them. Three of them. I had okay. I had two decent fish in my limit that I knew could stay, but the rest of them had to be called and clutch. Uh, I think if I remember right, it was like one sixty six, one one sixty six something is what I had oh, right wow. before that flurry. Yeah, so you were down in like fourteenth, fifteenth place. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what a move, power move. Uh, so two, you were sitting there. I mean, I don't know if you looked at the leaderboard at all. Do you do you leaderboard watch or do you ignore it? I did all day since I couldn't catch my goldfish. <laughs> he was so screenshotting every ten minutes, it. like Daddy got this one. <laughs> so, do yeah. you think you had it in the bag coming in coming into the ramp? Honestly, I did not. Uh, I I knew I had a good chance, but with the way like you know everybody was like not some people not submitting the fish in early, I I had my doubts, but you know I ultimately I thought. I was not going to win it because I couldn't call out that 16. So I was pretty bummed out about that. But I thought I had a good chance, though. Yeah, still a hell of a run. And you got the double dip. You cashed big check on at the OKA event on Saturday. Yeah, I too, did. So. I so. thought uh, – I and I told Ed when I was like, I, I really feel like the two people you need to worry about was luck – uh, old Luck Arian and and Cody Milton, like, cause they they were in areas with no service, but around big fish. And I was like, one of those guys may come in with a ninety inch bag and really, you know, mop the floor. And I I didn't I didn't know what what anybody really had going into awards. So Cody finally drug in from the other side of Earth right there before we went live. And I was like, man, I can't tell. Like, he didn't seem like too too pumped up about it. So I was like, man. I think I think I'll easy e slid in there on him. Yeah. When we were sitting there waiting for him to show up, I was like, man, they're making a 
a huge deal of, of him not being here. Not, not any of the other people. They're like, Oh, are they showing up? And they, they needed Cody to be there. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, this might not be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, don't, I don't I think anybody really knew until, until the name got called that, that you were safe. Once, once Milton's name was called, I was pretty sure you, you had it locked up. Yeah. We've got some questions coming in. Uh, I've, I've got a few, few questions for you guys too, but, uh, Chris Marks has a couple of them. He asked two, uh, were you running a graph? And if so, what kind of graph setup were you running? I run a Hummingbird and a Garmin. So I have LifeScope on the Garmin, and then I have Hummingbird for my down scan and side, side scan. You're too okay. fancy. Did, did the scope play? Were you using the scope to find them? Or? Yes, uh, the scope did play. Um, like Evan was saying, they were suspended off deep out, out in the – you know, middle of the lake, like out suspended out in like 40 feet of water. And I was catching them on top water in 40 feet of water. So you would, you would throw a jerk bake out there and they would follow it and not commit. But then if you throw a top water, you, you'll see them just come right up for it in 40 feet of water. Yeah. That's it's amazing. Uh, let's I see. That. That at the, at that little spot at the dam. Okay. So I know scope played for you, Edwin. For sure. If you see Edwin holding a check, scope played for it. You better I go ahead you. and know that. And then that this one's that boy's living on that scope. On that yeah. one. Uh, that was a <laughs> never mind. Uh, I'm gonna let you ride that on out. Yeah. There. Uh, this Chris Marks has another question. This is really for both of you, all three of you, really. How do you know when is enough is enough to move on? I'm a day one fisher and burn it up every time. So how do you know when to back off those, those fish you're on in a two day event or a three day event? I figured, well, it depends on the conditions, but day one, I never backed off of my fish. I had a feeling with the warming trend and the water dropping so fast, I had a feeling there would be more fish coming to me, which, um, you never know what's going to be there the next day. If you're not on top or close to the top of the leaderboard, I'd usually just keep trying to swing for the fences and keep calling a little bit. If there's a place where I'm not necessarily catching any calls, catching decent sized fish, I'll leave those alone for the next day <clears throat> just in case I need a smaller limit. And you've been in, I don't want to say a slump, but you haven't been performing uh, up to what we're used to seeing you perform this year. So this was kind of your your breakout tournament. What do you think has contributed to that? Um, well, you know, everyone's saying that it's my brother being at the tournaments. We're, I think that's we'll it for sure. <laughs> if, I a, if I have a good finish at, at Chick, I might have to tell him to not show up anymore to go back to the back. Is he, he's not fishing Chick. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Okay. Y'all just okay. take turns just catching checks. Is that how it goes? I got just you. I got you. Smart. Um, we, we, neither one of us are uh, big fans of chicks. So, right. well, good. I'll take that one. <laughs> well, two. You already talked about that a little bit yourself about deciding to back off some fish. So, what what make yeah. what goes into your decision to do that? Yeah. Right. Um. You know, the area that I was fishing, not a whole lot of people was around there, so I I kind of knew that I could just leave these areas. And not a, it's not going to get a whole lot of pressure because everybody moved out away from that cove already. So once I got a, a decent limit, you know, and, and it was a pretty good limit already. 
on that spot. So I kind of just left it and hope that, you know, the fish will reload the next day because, you know, not a whole lot of people was fishing in that area. So I kind of just made my move and try to find new water after I got my good limit. Are you going to fish any other BOS events too after the second place finish? I mean, is is AOY something that you you had your eyes on, or do you have it on them now? I mean, you oh, want to shoot your shot? now now I might be considering it. Uh, you know, especially with the the championship now that I'm qualified. Uh, but definitely, I did want to go to Lake Darnell again. Last year, I did not do good there at all, so I just want to go redeem myself there. Same. Yeah. What are you gonna pick up a third? Or have you already fished one? No, uh, I have not fished yet. So I'm okay. thinking about Fox River if anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be a fun Speaking one from what I've heard too. Speaking of Dardanelle, uh, after my experience there in my college tournament, I think if I show up I might I might start a, a side pot for, for a best five drum. They seem to be <laughs> playing I can put you on a flathead bite that'll blow your mind. Uh, if you want to get up in there on the dam at Dardanelle. Hey, we got uh, Steve Fields has a question. Camera boat man, media man extraordinaire. Uh, two, who's that guy that let you back on your spot? Apparently somebody let you get back on your water after you changed uh, your battery. Uh, yeah, um, so I, my battery died, and I went to go replace it with another battery. And I don't remember exactly who it was, but he was very nice. And he just saw me rolling back in, and he's like, you know, you're in contention to win. And so he just let off my spot, and he said, you can go ahead and fish it. And I was like, oh, you didn't have to. I was just going to move on to the new point. Was it so, Chad Dagley? <laughs> what kind of boat? I, what kind of, what kind I of don't boat remember, was but there was another guy around the, the, the cove there. So, What kind of boat was he in? Blue sky. You know? I think he was in like a green I, – I don't think it was a Hobie. It was, I think it might have been a, like a green native. So I'm not quite sure who it was. What a kind gentleman. Yeah. Steve said, it was, Steve said he was in a Lynx. So we need to find that man. Uh, yeah. Good job, whoever you were. Steve got, Steve got photos. He's got his license plate lined up. It, Steve. You were in the boat. Why didn't you ask him, Steve? This could have been a great story. Okay, <laughs> Um, Gene Bohannon's commenting on you as well. Let's see here. He said he he watched you watch that graph like a TV. He was ready to break every rod in his yak watching you catch him and him just sweat. So there you go. Gene's a happy guy. It was good to see Gene. (laughs) Yeah, the graph played out a lot. You know, it was just fighting fish and throwing that drop shot on them, you know. So it played out quite a bit. But, you know, you needed that graph. And when my battery died, it was just a bummer. You know, I just fishing blind and I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't want to go to the bank because the bank wasn't having any like fish for me. So it was a struggle that Sunday afternoon. Well, let me ask you, Ryan, you really didn't really pre-fish much. You went up the river a little bit, but that was it. Uh, but you guys obviously did too. And, and Ewing, when I pre-fished on Wednesday or uh, Thursday and Friday, I felt like I could throw a bare hook at a piece of wood and catch a fish shallow. I mean, they were everywhere. But by I Saturday, all mine in like a foot or two of water. Every okay, but on Saturday, at least down where I was at, uh, that wasn't the case. It was like every fifth or tenth piece of wood you'd get a bite on instead of just rolling up on every little piece. So, do you think that falling water play, and is that why you guys chose to fish deep? Yeah, definitely. I think the water, it was drawing too fast, and those covers was just getting blown out, and they weren't being up there in the shallows anymore. 
So knowing that, you know, we just wanted to play the offshore game and hopefully get a bite out there. That's usually less pressured fish too. Like if you, I mean, any lake, if you look at what happens, people run around beating the bank until the invention of live scope. And now people like to, <laughs> like to focus offshore a little bit more. But uh, I just, I looked at, I just looked at the map and I was like, where's a decent ramp? I'm not going to beat the shit out of my vehicle getting to. And how far away from that can I get? So I just ran main channel points all the way up to like Otter Creek, like the whole way up from, from our ramp, the whole way up. But the first spot I pulled up on, I saw bait flickering around this island and I caught probably 20 fish there, but they were all in a foot or two of water. And I caught the heck out of walleye. If anybody's looking for a great walleye fishery, go to Broken Bow. If you're looking for a great bass fishery, pick somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great MLF tournament, Ryan. Can you imagine? But that's, dude, that's what I, it was, I think it's Pendergraph. I said that too. Pendergraph or Garrett, I was like, dude, if you had an MLF tournament on Broken Bow, that'd be dumb. Like, I You'd can't also even have a, imagine. From some of the nightlife, you could probably have a MILF tournament as well. No, I'm sorry. Get off the topic there. <laughs> what do you think about that, Edwin? Uh, what, what's your no. comment on that, Edwin? No, Broken Bow used to be this quaint little, quaint little uh, town with you know just nobody really knew about it. But now, like Ryan said, it's kind of an out of control Pigeon Forge kind of deal going on. I, I didn't realize what it was going to be about. I heard that hype from last year, and we got there, and I was like, "This is ratchet. Like this is a rough little joint here." Uh, we found they they were singing some karaoke at one establishment one night. That was okay. Um, and then Saturday night, man, the place where we had dinner, Hotchatown Saloon, they turned that place from like a Shoney's to, uh, you know, to Club La Vila in, in a heartbeat. It was it was nuts. I could not uh, fathom the things that were happening at that establishment. We also um, saw that Chingy is coming there this July. Chingy is <laughs> my birthday weekend. Chingy is going to be at Hotchatown. So I may slide back out and, and uh, reminisce a little bit. Yeah, uh, we had another question for both of you guys. Since BOS is no motors, this is from Ramel. Uh, since it's no motors on tourney day, do you practice with no motors or do you utilize the motors in practice? Because I he saw knows. a lot of people scooting all over the lake. He knows better than that. That's loaded. Yeah, they were, they were scooting all over the lake in motors on, on practice days. <laughs> you got a motor too? Yeah, I recently just got one. So I got a trolling motor up in the bow. So oh, I, okay. I was running those running that on both my practice day. Just okay. to try to cover more water, more distance, and you know, save my legs for tournament days. What about, what about you, Evan? You? What are you running? I run the Newport, and <clears throat> I've got a 24 volt, 50 amp hour bioeno, and I can run that thing all day, wide open, getting like five to five and a half miles an hour with a PA12, and never having any battery issues. I kill it once on. Santee, but that was why dick open was, baby yeah you can run it all day never have an issue don't have to worry about getting towed to the ramp by ryan so <laughs> hey but if you well that's well okay with the motor that's a fact <laughs> toc i drug your ass for about two and a half miles back to the ramp <laughs> uh i i will say man th that's the biggest thing the biggest advantage to that Newport motor is the ability to run bigger batteries that will last you all day and tomorrow. Uh, Dylan and I went up the river on just a wild goose chase. I, I thought there was going to be smallmouth in there for some reason. Uh, there was not, but we get all the way up. I mean, we're like, I don't know, seven or eight miles from the ramp and Dylan's 1103. He's like, 
uh, I got 1% left and I'm like, Oh shit. Like we're so far away. So I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull you all the way back. And that, that old Newport kept chugging the whole way back to the ramp. So, uh, if, if Torquedo can figure out how to make a bigger battery that'll run you for two days, they need to hurry up and do it. If not, go get a Newport right now. Yeah. And did that affect any of you guys? Cause I know this, I, I pedaled on Thursday practice day about half a day fishing. Then on Friday, I, I got, I brought my uh, autopilot and ran way up almost where you fished, Ryan, but on the opposite side of the lake. And when I got up there, I caught some fish and I decided, you know what, this was a long ways with the motor. I'm not pedaling up here tomorrow. <laughs> so did, did, did the, did the, uh, does, do motors affect your decision on tournament day? I wonder, or do you just say, you know what, regardless, if I find fish, I'm getting there, whether I got a pedal or not. Yeah, for me, I, I don't think it matters. I I normally you fish two hundred yards from the ramp. Get off here! You don't <laughs> even get man, to answer this question. That, you know, yeah, I, I use I my motor the whole way practice. out there. <laughs> yeah, I would normally just practice far enough where I could. I know I could paddle too, so I don't ever go beyond what I know I can, which is usually like five to six miles out. Okay. What about you, Edwin? Well, um, I I've usually been. If the fish are there, I'm going to go. Wind, rain, doesn't matter. I'm going to try my best to get there. If I'm making forward forward ground, I'm going to at least try. But um, the biggest thing is just keeping your legs fresh. It, uh, last year at, what's it called, Champlain, I, we could only launch on the New York side. And I was going during two both days of practice that I had, went like, six miles just one way to get across the lake try to find some unpressured water and after doing that for two days day one of the tournament came around and i was sitting there thinking there's no way i can make it back over there uh ended up going there on day two but just being able to start the tournament have fresh legs that's it's huge to be able to get further out there is that why you try to avoid like two-stepping or twerking at Hutchitown Saloon so your legs are fresh? <laughs> Was that part of your logic? I like it. I, I like to have enough water in front of me. That's my biggest, like when I, on tournament day, like my biggest thing is if I, if I have an area that I know has got a ton of fish, it's not that big of a deal. But if it's like sporadic big bites and that's what I was afraid that was going to be there, I just want to have enough water to run. I don't care if I have to run all day long. I just don't want to run out of water because I don't like to load up and move. Like if I can run, you know, 14, 16 miles in a day, that's cool. But I want to make sure I've got five bites. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it's a terrible decision. But I think making, if I'm really tired, I feel like I worked as hard as I could. You know, I gave, I gave everything I had to try to bump into five. Uh, that's, that's kind of my mindset on it going in. Yeah, I know my guy, Roy, that you chased down, said he literally on day two got back to the ramp and just kind of fell down to his knees. Like he wore, he, he straight wore his legs out. It was awful. Water. It was yeah. awful. I mean, it really was, but do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff from, from those that finished up high. Um, any more questions for these two before we wrap this thing up here in a little bit? Um, you know, we got, it feels like there's been a lot more tournaments than there has been, but we still got half this BOS season left really coming up. Uh, with another registration this Friday, I believe. Wolf and Fox, is that what we yeah, got? Yeah, Wolf and Fox. You think it's going to sell out, or is it going to slow play like the Northeast event? I think it's going to slow play. All right. That's my feeling on it. I don't know. Yeah. 
the Darnell event. What, what we got uh, that one. Darnell opens in June, right after my birthday. We'll try to slide in there for that one. Then we'll then we'll be off and off and running. With all Honestly, these early, I think Darnell's going to start. Yeah, yeah, good. As as a finale with people trying to get AOI points and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be a wild wild. Edwin, are you going to make a run at AOI, or or did last year's last year's ending just make you give up on it? I guess I got to try at this point. <laughs> Guess I got to try, man. I don't want one. Shoot. You only need three good finishes. Got one of them out of the way. Still got plenty of tournaments left. It's always – Cody Milton's finish, he's pretty uh, – he, wasn't he leading the AOI race going into it, Jeff? Is that correct? I'll pull it up while you guys talk. We'll see where yeah, we're going. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Cody was out there. He was running out front pretty good on it. AOI is a tough deal, and you learned that, uh, you know, yourself firsthand last year, like – it's not only putting together three good finishes in the season, but you got to pretty much go all in and and all the chips on the table on TOC. If you don't if you don't show out on TOC, you just you wasted <laughs> wasted the whole season chasing that thing. There you hmm. go. Yeah, Cody and then uh, Edwin's brother right there. In oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's now- Cody got a call though? He got yeah. He called it. He said he called up big. Yeah, he called that you follow event. He had 84 points there. So, yeah, he jumped, what, 10? How many points for that? All of points? them. Yeah, 12 points up. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it feels like there's been a lot more than three events on the leaderboard. You know what I'm saying? And they're never sitting with, with uh, just those two. So, it's going to be a tight race as always, and it'll come down to that, that TOC at the end. My boy uh, Garrett Morgan's over there leading the the Bass AOI. They've they yeah, got is. a couple events left, and they're, I they're... had a dang ball with Garrett Morgan. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, that's that's one thing I want to point out. I did love the way this tournament set up. That everybody was kind of staying in one location because there's not a lot of options lodging wise. So we got to meet a lot of people that you know you see on the internet or or you get to see once a year or whatever. Everybody got to hang out for a few days. We had a big dinner together, like. That that's the kind of stuff. That's that's the reason that I, I show up to these events, and that that was definitely highlighted with this one for sure. Yeah, that was cool, um, for sure. Any more questions for these two before we let them get out of here? There's one thing we didn't do at the beginning of this, Ryan. We did not mention our sponsors, so we're gonna do that as we get close. Hey, do to you the have that? You gonna throw that flyer up? Yeah, yeah, I okay. got it right here. That's my boy. That's my boy. Yeah, we'll throw this up right now. First off, Boom. dugout bait and tackle presenting sponsor of the of KBN Live. Uh, they're having a big Memorial Weekend sale right there, 26th through the 30th. Prices too low to advertise. Go to dugoutfishing.com and see what they got going on. Or if you're nearby, roll into the store. I bet they will hook you up. And if you can't roll into the store, if you can't roll into the store, let's say you may live a few states away or whatever, I want you to, I want you to do this for me. Call that number on that flyer. Call the number and tell them that Lunch Money sent you. And Jamie Coe's going to take care of you. I promise. Yeah. We got we got a special little, special side deal there. So yeah, if you're you listening, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast later, that number for dugout is seven seven zero four two eight seven four zero. We're talking steals of deals. He's got he's got some kind of ninja sword out. He is he's slashing them prices up. So rolling. Back call prices. Jamie. Call Jamie. We're about to make some money on this one. Yeah. Uh, of course, we've got Revo sunglasses. We had a big Revo giveaway last week. Appreciate Revo. They did some work because it was hot and sunny on Broken Bow. We needed the Revos on all weekend. Uh, then Western Sun Vodka, my man Duke, rolled in with a trunk full of it and was uh, liberal with uh, sharing the love with the Western Sun Vodka around down there in Broken Bow. So appreciate them. Um, gentlemen, anything else you can add to the weekend? Uh, tell people where they can find you, follow you on social media, uh, what you got going on. Two, start with you, the runner-up. <laughs> well, I don't have – 
much actually so i don't really do much of social medias so okay all right well that was a good i do have good, a facebook good move, Jeff. it, it might be pretty boring because i barely post up anything <laughs> <laughs> well it's well, a nice a night to start who's gonna start a youtube channel uh, he's gonna start heard only fans yeah. only fans coming in <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah, Ewing. What about you, man? I know you got finally got a Tourney X profile pick a few months back. So what 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 you got going on? Uh, I've got my Instagram is Ewing underscore Minor, and then Facebook is just Ewing Minor. All right. You keeping right. it updated? You posting fresh content? What what do we need to expect out of you, Edwin? So. Is there today? any chance of you changing your legal name to Edwin? About uh, as of now, fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Todd and see if it's if it's cool or if that would be offensive. Could you change your middle name to Edwin? And you could have both. <laughs> Ewing. <laughs> Double yes. E. Double E, baby. All right, I'll take it. Uh, Troy Haney said he had to leave for a minute. Do they talk about what they count him on? Basically, both of them drop sound shots, like a, yeah, dude. drop shot was the deal. <laughs> and I like fishing a Ned rig, and that's slow as shit. A drop shot drives me insane. I can't I can't do a drop shot. I feel like I can't feel anything. At least in that rig, I feel all the little pebbles I'm hopping on. That drop shot, you just kind of sit there to the line swims off. And I oh, it kills me. Y'all are y'all are grown men for that one. Yeah, touch on that real quick, because you threw the Ned rig, you guys were throwing drop shots. Do you think that the bait they were chasing was smaller and that's why they were eating this that finesse stuff better? Because I was on a jig bite that disappeared and I actually caught a couple of my bigger fish on day one when I switched to a little Carolina rig with a small bait on it. So was it the size of the bait or just the pressure that was on them and they needed a you know, finesse presentation? What do y'all think? Yeah, I think it was the size of the bait because the bait that I was seeing was real tiny. It was like about this long only. And once in a while, you'll see these smallmouth or like spots. They would just come up in the middle of the lake and just blow up on them. Yeah. You what about you? What were you fishing with, Evan? Just a drop shot with, honestly, about at towards the end of day two, anywhere I could find in my kayak because I <laughs> ran through I don't know probably seven or eight packs between day one and day two before I ran out of of uh, the worms that I was using and just had to scratch together a couple of baits and it really didn't seem to matter what you had on the drop shot as long as you had a drop shot on. They were biting it. That's some Lambert stuff. Pull old bait and a hook out oh, the bottom of your listen boat. Listen to this, boy. Lambert did it up right on this one. I I got down to my very last Ned head in my boat because I, I mean it's rocky as shit. Like I was breaking off. I don't know, probably every twenty casts or so, I get hung up and break off. Well, the bait, the, the the best bite I could find. I tried a couple different colors and I would switch them and watch the bite just die. It was green pumpkin, right? So I run out and I use like, I'll use a big TRD until the top part gets so torn up and then I'll bite it off and put it back on there, regular TRD. So I ran out of green pumpkin, big and regular TRDs. So I had those mag fatty Z's that are about this long. I was biting off like two inch pieces, <laughs> putting on that damn dead head. Like I, I you know, like mm. I was starving today trying to catch dinner or something. It was, it was rowdy. Uh, that's how day one went, day two. Dylan was kind enough to give me one pack of big TRDs to which I ran out of in the first hour because I fished like I was Ray Charles out there on day two. I was I was messing shit up. I jumped off a couple 17s. I wasn't quick enough to even get a hook in them. I'm lucky I got across the lake. I don't know. Somebody needs to keep an eye on me better. 
uh, on tournament nights, Edwin. <laughs> the funniest <laughs> comment you had, dude, when you, when you sent a text out uh, on the way back in, you, when you said you came out of the mouth of that creek, you said you felt like you were Columbus discovering America. Because I did. I did, buddy. I looked like I had just seen the brand new world out there on the other side. I don't I, – I, I opened up my cooler, and I had – it was full of ice and drinks and snacks, and I was like, how in the hell did those get in there? Like this <laughs> – this is why I got up and did laundry that morning. I got shit out of the dryer that morning and packed my bag. I was like, Ooh, we, we have, we've ascended to a whole new level today. Ladies yeah, man. And gents. In the zone. Ryan did, zone. did that however long, long pedal against that wind and still managed to beat Cody back to awards. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. man. You see these thighs, boy, they stick with two C's. I know how to get around. Oh, that's awesome. Cody went mountain climbing though. Cody and Garrett, they did uh they did some some wild some repelling uh action, I think. I know this. Just to get to that southeast ramp, it's an hour drive just to get over there. So yeah. if they launched anywhere north of that, it was an hour and a half, hour and forty five, I bet, to drive back. Oh yeah. To the, I mean he made it in yeah. moments before we finally gave up and went live. Yeah, that's crazy. Um yeah, man, we're going to wrap this thing up here in a minute. I want to, first of all, say thank you to everyone that listens on the audio podcast. Uh, our numbers over there have been just growing and growing and growing. And I know we do this live, so we don't talk directly to you live. But I'm just going to say thank you all for doing what you do over there on the audio side, uh, downloading this thing every week and listening to it. And then tonight, Ryan, the YouTube audience almost equaled the Facebook audience. What do you think about that? No. That's nuts. Yeah. Why do people like YouTube more? So we're growing up over there on the YouTube. We appreciate y'all. Oh, there I got to meet the people's champ in person for the first time ever. I shook Clifton Allen's hand. That yeah. was the highlight of the tournament for me. He's a big son of a gun, isn't he, Ryan? He, I mean, John's a big guy. Like, I've hung out with John a couple times, but Cliff always seems to elude me. So I'm glad I got to finally meet old boy. That was uh, that was all, checked out off the bucket list, man. We're good yeah. now. Uh, good also didn't see him cash a check, so I don't know. He stayed for two days and caught him. Though. He caught him. He caught him both days. I know. I know. I know. We got to ride yeah, him a little bit. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well. Congrats we'll to you up. guys. Clearly, y'all figured out some some wild shit. Obviously, live scope is is it is a game changer. People throw that around, but it has definitely changed the the kayak fishing game. Uh, great job. I can't wait to hopefully see you guys at the TOC. If I can knock out one more decent finish, I can squeak in there myself. All right, boys. Have a good night. We'll see everybody next Monday. Thank you. See you guys. Take care. See y'all.